I don't know if we should just give up after episode three. There is no moment that will ever top that. Bringing you the news that interests us the most. Probably because it's a bit weird in some way. Up to the minute it was recorded updates from some of the world's most trusted and distrusted media organizations. Giving you our shallow depth, completely and objective personal opinions that in no way represent the views of our employers. Please don't fire us. We tackle the stories you probably can't afford to miss. But why not just listen anyway? It's only about 15 minutes long for fuck's sake. Welcome to Ben and Benji Do the News. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Mere> Quimby. Yeah, <laughs> <Mere> Quimby. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realise quite how hard it was for me to do an American accent. I was full on Jason Statham for about five tries to get that done. I think you've got uh, a lawsuit coming from uh, The Simpsons, mate. Sounds exactly like Mia Quimby. Uh, so, yeah, I can't wait to see what you come up with um, next week. I've got high hopes. How's your uh, Australian? Yeah, actually, probably as good as my American, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, let's kick things off. A bit of housekeeping, first of all. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to Jake Johnston uh, for redesigning our artwork. Uh, We didn't ask him to, uh, but he did. So um, Seriously, though, I am so grateful. That looks so good. So cheers for that, Jake. We both really appreciate that. You haven't seen the invoice yet, though, have you? Oh. Great. No, it, do, it does It does look brilliant. And uh, so, yeah, if you haven't seen that and you're listening, do take a look and uh, see what you think. Uh, yeah, and generally, I've had some great response um, this week. And uh, that's good because the filter's working, which means only the great stuff is getting through to us. Brilliant. And the bad stuff isn't. So um, try harder if you hate it. So, yeah, it's been a good week all round. And I just, I I know that I shouldn't really sneak in a story into the intro because that is a clear contravention of the format. But just before we got on air, I saw this story uh, and it's just the headline that I saw. And it says, fight breaks out at Luton Airport with thugs battering each other with suitcases. Um, which, which I thought was mad, um, but I thought, what if every fight had to use items from the environment that the fight happened in? Right. Okay. So if you got, I'm think, I don't know why, but bakery was the first one that <laughs> sprung to mind. I don't know yeah. why. I thought you were going to say baguettes originally, but you were saying baggage. <laughs> well, often confused. Yeah. yeah. Not the first time. <laughs> Easy jets, new luggage allowance, two baguettes and a bread roll. <laughs> More like one doble. <laughs> yeah, that would be Ryanair. And yeah. also, how could you pack your luggage into a baguette shape? You'd have to roll everything up, wouldn't you? Roll it, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, and it costs a lot of dough. Um, I was thinking biscuit factory, actually. But uh, yeah, it could be like, <laughs> well, it could be really shit, couldn't it? It could be like, you know, like a like a pillow factory. You know, it wouldn't, wouldn't really have the same... Um, yeah, that's good though, impact. isn't it? It's got a more sort of peaceful vibe to it. I mean, there's also <laughs> the dark end of this wedge, <laughs> Benji, where it's like a tool factory, a gunsmith's. <laughs> a knife, a knife yeah, merchant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What about a vet's? <laughs> Just small animals. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh dear. oh dear, so I'm sorry, that's a clear contravention of the format. Hey, that's um, all right. I think the format's still still loose at the minute. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, so I'll kick things off and throw over to you with your first weird story of the week. Okay, so my first story comes in two parts, right? So well, first that's a clear contravention uh, of the rules as well. Well, that makes us even then, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, fine. But no more rule-breaking, okay? okay? They're two or, smaller parts. <laughs> I'll get my baguette out. <laughs> How do you do a fight in a pod? podcast setting anyway doesn't matter <laughs> right so first part firstly right a group of ukrainian and uk based scientists are making vodka using crops grown near the chernobyl oh, nuclear <laughs> power plant right it's called atomic with a k <laughs> atomic vodka which i just love and want some and it's made by the chernobyl spirit company who say it's the first consumer product to come out of the area since the 1986 nuclear disaster right <laughs> Professor Jim Smith, who is among those behind the company, is based at Portsmouth University. And the reason they're doing it is to, I mean, because it's cool AF, but they're also studying ways to revive agriculture in the area. Uh, that's in Chernobyl, not uh, Portsmouth. Um, <laughs> Portsmouth can't be saved. <laughs> yeah, that's the next step. It's one thing, trying Chernobyl, but fucking hell. <laughs> so the, the profits from this vodka go to help those living in the, the area around Chernobyl and looking at ways to basically revive growing stuff there so it's kind of a noble cause right speaking about the vodka professor smith says the drink is no more radioactive than any other vodka which is just an amazing line that i'm definitely going to steal when anybody asks me how anything is from now on how is the steak sir no more radioactive than any other steak oh how's your mum getting on mate no more radioactive than your mum anyway you, <laughs> you get the idea with that i get it but there's a second part to this story can i guess go on please tell me they're not auctioning this vodka for the nhs <laughs> <laughs> you know what Maybe they would if they could get this far, right? Because the second part of the story is that 1,500 bottles of atomic vodka that were en route to the UK have been confiscated and taken to the Kiev prosecutor's office. I bet they have. (laughs) I'm sorry. The story has really set me up. No, right, I gave them the benefit of the doubt as as I was reading this because I thought, right, oh, okay, maybe there's concerns over the legality of making an alcoholic drink from potentially radioactive grains grown on the fringes of an irradiated exclusion zone in the shadow of the site of one of the biggest nuclear disasters in history. But no, authorities claim that the bottles had forged Ukrainian excise stamps, despite Professor Jim saying that doesn't make any sense because the bottles were clearly labelled with valid UK excise stamps <laughs> and I just think it sounds like a very thinly veiled excuse I kind of imagine the discussion between the makers of the vodka and the Ukrainian authorities going something like this oh what is this it looks delicious is it strong okay take it down the station boys we've got no choice um sorry why big problems my friends big problems with uh, um excise stamps these are fake Ukrainian excise stamps Oh, no, they're not. They're UK excise stamps. Exactly. Not genuine Ukrainian stamps. Well, we'll um, dispose of these and don't let me catch you again. Actually, do let me catch you again. But more. <laughs> I-, I did Google cheers in Ukrainian. 
Okay, please don't do the intro next week in Ukrainian. <laughs> <laughs> That's ticked off. I'm trying to offend one country at a time. <laughs> so this is mental. It's mental, oh. right? So the penultimate part of this story is your bog standard this, line. No, this, about... this is three parts. No, no, this is just a sign after the story, right? right so the okay. penultimate part is your standard um, right of reply. So... But right, but the thing is, I just right. think this is so fitting for like a like a standard sentence used by journalists, right? BBC News uh, said it's tried to contact to contact the Kiev prosecutor's office for comment, but at the time of writing, has not received a response. Yeah, no shit. You're trying to call a Ukrainian law enforcement office full of vodka. Of course, there's no reply. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't see the truckloads of potato waffles they con- uh, that, that they uh, confiscated after when they got the munchies <laughs> for the next morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think actually they probably did respond, but they just the BBC didn't hear it because they didn't pick the phone up. It was probably along the lines of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god who is calling and plug that fucking phone it's killing my head oh that's brilliant mate right um, what very... have you got for this week then oh, well um i'm gonna go I, i'm gonna go with this and this was on the sun online and really caught my eye a well-known psychic warned a girl to quote make the most of the next three years after she asked for a refund <laughs> right. oh what from him a, re- a refund from the psychic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Medium and the psychic's a woman, by the way. They can be okay. Two. Yeah. Um, medium Amanda Malloy made the eerie comments to Lauren Dent over social media in February, adding that the coming years are quote the most important time left. Wow. Okay. I just love it because it's a little bit like people using luggage at the airport. Yeah, use the tools you've got to hit out, and that is casting serious doubts over the length of someone's future on Earth. I just love it, and also, I mean, the the article, um, as you can imagine, with with a tabloid article, once you get past the first couple of pars, you know, does sort of. um, I don't want to criticise them because, you know, they have quite a lot of articles they have to get up. But yeah. once you start prodding at the article after the first two parts, sometimes can begin to wobble a bit. Right. OK. Um, it- but what I can what I can gather from this story is that um, um, Lauren Dent, who, who asked for the refund, had booked a, a party, a psychic party where you get one psychic and they do 10 readings. Um, oh, sh- sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my kind of party. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't sound like Lauren's party either because yeah. she asked for the deposit back, right? Yeah. Um, and then Amanda got confused um, and said, thank you, I can book you in on Friday. Um, and then Lauren responded, <laughs> book me in. I don't want to be hooked in, which is obviously a typo. I right. just want my tenor back. Um, tenor? I know. And it's at that point um, that um, Miss Molloy said, not a problem. Make the most of the next three years. Most important time <laughs> left. Thanks. And what I find oh. even more ironic about her response is, despite the fact she'd given her money back, she essentially still gave her a free reading. That's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah, she did continue to give her a service. This this story is amazing and very confusing, right? So can I just check a few things? So for a party for how many readings? Six, did you say? No, so basically, um, I've cut off this part of the article, but when I was reading it online, I think she was at... You can get psychic parties where yeah. basically you attend with your mates, so there's ten of you, right. and, the, and the psychic does... 
10 readings yeah. and charges you a tenner each. Oh, a tenner each. Okay. Something like and that. does it say why she asked for the refund? I mean, did she just not like the original reading? I don't know. It I'm seemed... not sure. But the tenner was the deposit. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it's not, it's not very clear. I mean, this is a story done on uh, uh, through Facebook messages. I love the miscommunication as well. It's like, I feel like this this psychic has just got voices coming in from all over. So she's like on Facebook saying like, give me my tenor back. But at the same time, there's like some person from the other side being like, can you book me in on Wednesday? Oh God, don't you hate it when you get the other world mixed up with social media? And I, the thing that tops it all off, you're quite right, is that there's a typo in there and Lauren responds, book me in, I don't want to be hooked in <laughs> <laughs> and you never will be looked in with that attitude <laughs> hey don't try and get me sucked in <laughs> Suck, sucked in um, and that story just really tickled me I just you know like you know when we are giving out um, if people have listened to previous podcasts when we are giving out um, Bayford awards for audacity mm-hmm. on this um, I would say someone like Amanda Malloy would be a brilliant contender because you know fair enough someone's asked for their money back and she's she's dealt with it the only way she knows how i think it's sort of it's almost more powerful as well to give the money back and the curse isn't it <laughs> it's like yeah have your money so that means what i'm saying is definitely true <laughs> exactly exactly um the next three years make the most of the next three years most important time left it's quite a long time as well isn't it so fair play to her she's yeah. serious but she's not too threatening yeah she's given her a bit of time there to maybe book another party and <laughs> change your mind to get hooked in again yeah <laughs> it's, oh, it's funny you picked that one benji because the next story um that i have picked is also um a bit paranormal right so this is this is from the daily star who have ripped it from who've ripped it from vice <laughs> of course so it's a good it's a good combo already um And I've picked it just because I think it might be the worst conspiracy theory that I've ever read. And I don't just mean because it's nuts. It just, it doesn't quite work, right? So in his new book, The Messenger... Wait, 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 wait. You make it sound like all other conspiracy theories sound completely viable. No, but that's what I mean. It's like, they may sound crazy, but the sort of dots join up, even if those dots are completely insane. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this is just... Have a listen, right? It's it's just weird. So in his new book, The Messenger, illustrator and author Mike Cleland raises the argument that owls are behind a string of UFO abductions, acting as a kind of go-between for Earth and aliens, right? And even he describes his theory as way out beyond the boundaries of the UFO mainstream. So that is quite out there. <laughs> so you start reading into it a little bit. The book seems to mostly be a collection of anecdotes from Mike, um, as well as some other people who claim to have had paranormal experiences involving owls right so I'm like okay right let's see where this is going but this is sort of where it starts to go downhill right so the story states that Cleland spent a decade researching this and has dubbed himself the owl guy of the UFO (laughs) world after he had a run-in with the birds right so or is the owl guy he had a run-in god what was was the the run-in yeah that's the question right that run-in was him seeing owls circling overhead for an hour during a 2006 camping trip. <laughs> now, some might call that a run-in. Others would call it seeing some owls. <laughs> I mean, he was even on a camping trip in the countryside where the owls live, and they were just 
flying about. But it, it goes on. So there's testament from other people. So there's Ron Johnson, who claims to have had alien visitations at his home. And he noticed a steady stream of guest owls by the porch of his mother's house. One in particular would watch him as he left for work and remain perched on the same branch when he returned later that day. Another time, he left his house in the middle of the night to find an owl standing on the driveway. So... so it, it, if you read on a second, we just take a minute. What was this owl? It was just standing there on the driveway, like it owned the fucking thing. Well, the thing is, it was the middle of the night. So, I mean, I read that back to myself, and I thought, right, let's let's get this straight. Right, owls roosting in a porch, looking around, an owl perched on a branch, and an owl out in the middle of the night. It seems classic owl to me. It doesn't seem that paranormal. It goes on where Cleland also says he's seen aliens, right? So you're thinking owls, not that weird, but then the aliens, so where's the connection? And to be honest, there doesn't seem to be one other than both owls and aliens seem to freak him right out. And maybe at some point he's watched Twin Peaks. But speaking about the interaction between aliens and owls, he describes it as a performance on a stage. The owl is playing a small role in the grand drama. The part it plays in a riddle Thanks, sorry, the part it plays is a riddle begging to be solved. Well, yes, and to be honest, you'd assume after 10 years of research and a book, you might have wanted to have a little punt at that mic, or at least kept researching. So basically, the conclusion of his book is, oh, God, you should watch them owls. They're a bit, uh, a bit weird, aren't they? Proper spooky, probably talking to the aliens. It's less of a conspiracy theory and more of a conspiracy hunch. <laughs> How did the Daily Star fit this into 80 words? <laughs> <laughs> Very badly, which is why I had to click through to the original Vice article to oh, actually get some hate- meat. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you, don't you hate it when you have to do that? Yeah. Um, oh. oh, dear. Oh, fantastic. So are we staying um, with psychics, or have you got something that's not otherworldly next? Um, I just wanted to add a side note, actually, um, to my psychic story. I forgot to mention it. Um, The case of Amanda Malloy did remind me of this time. uh, I read a piece that a psychic um, tried to claim compo after claiming that he lost his gift in the car crash. Right. Um, So for loss of earnings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but my sort of counter argument to that in court would be like, well, if it was such a gift... Shouldn't you have seen the car crash coming? (laughs) I don't think he won the case, needless to say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, suddenly my last story doesn't seem quite as mental. And and I've been been, um, working on this story kind of all week at work. So um, I sort of pinched it from there. But it doesn't really ever get old, this story. um, And it's been out in the media again this week. I'm not sure if you saw it, but Anthony Costa has revealed that he and his blue bandmates <laughs> once took a trip on a private jet to a fashion party, ho- to a fashion catwalk show hosted by Donatella Versace after she mistakenly booked them as Blur. It's just incredible, isn't it? I did see this earlier <laughs> in the week. <laughs> it's just amazing. And they got fitted out at a Versace Bond Street um, uh, shop. They got flown over by private jet. They performed... And then they lined up to meet her, and it was only then that she blanked them, and they realised that not only did she know they weren't Blur, um, 
they realised they weren't <laughs> It was only at that point that they realised, hang on a minute, <laughs> I didn't write Park Life. <laughs> uh, well, this is, uh, uh, you, 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 you touched on a very important thing here, because I wonder if Donatella requested Park Life um, during the gig and, and, and what happened or what would have happened. Yeah. Oh, it's, I wonder, do you know what? We'll never know, but I'd love to know the exact moment that somebody realised, you know, like obviously (laughs) Donatella and her team at some point were like, this doesn't look right. You know, this, this isn't blur. It's incredible (laughs) it got that far though. Yeah. And also, but the thing is, I do kind of understand how it could have happened. If you say blur with an Italian accent, blur, it does sound like blue with, in Italian. Is that an Italian accent? I mean, you're having a pop at my accents, but maybe that's authentic. I don't know. I would have I pushed know. it more. My accents are more hammy. I would have gone, blur. <laughs> that's just borrow. <laughs> that's just yeah. Yeah. Uh, Make a yours, a doll mio day. If doll mio day want to sponsor us, please do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, do you know what? I'm not going to be inclined to pick a celebrity story again because celebrities aren't that weird. And I think stories about normal people are weirder. The thing is, though, did Blur just chalk it down as one for the money and the free ride? <laughs> hey, I'm glad I picked it for that alone. But uh, yeah, I think um, the thing is that Blue have been like shouting about this story all week mm-hmm. and for the last 20 years since it happened. And I don't think they come off that well from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's it's a funny one, isn't it, to sort of talk about because it's you yeah you were booked by mistake and then (laughs) the thing is if i'd booked the wrong band by mistake when when i met them i wouldn't just pretend they didn't exist it seems a bit weird behavior wouldn't it because you think you just go oh shit like we've made a mistake let's just pretend that we wanted blue and that's fine or go if you're a bit of a dick you could go you never guess what we wanted blur but you were all right but just to be like, don't look at them. <laughs> just, just pretend they don't exist. Oh, God, I just caught Duncan's eye. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, so yeah. I had to include this one uh, just because it, it just shocked me so much, right? And I feel that this is a strong contender for the Bayford Award for Audacity. So this I like is- how we call it the Bayford and not the Gillian Award. Like, you can actually imagine this award having, like, an engraved glass trophy, can't you? You can imagine a local newspaper picture where it's being jointly held with a, <laughs> with a handshake going on simultaneously in a kind of scout hut. And a big, and a big check. Yeah, and a big coin. Go on, back. Um, so yeah, I, I I saw this story in the local press. Uh, it was reported oh dear. by the, already. I'm getting excited. Right. It was reported locally by the BBC, Birmingham uh, Mail, Coventry Telegraph, up. right? But it's since been picked up by the New York Times, among others. It's so. It goes without saying, right, that the pandemic has been tough for key workers, and that includes the staff at West Midlands Trains who have been working to keep services running throughout the various lockdowns. So it was probably quite a boost to them when around 2,500 workers found an email in their inbox informing them that due to their hard work in the face of COVID, they were getting a one-off payment to thank them for that hard work over the last 12 months. Now, I get the award ready, Benji. Get it on standby, right? 
because when because when staff clicked through to claim that bonus, they received a second email informing them that the first email was just a test designed by our IT team to test cybersecurity, which they had failed and they weren't getting anything. I mean, holy shit! <laughs> Who does West Midlands trains IT? Sick joke IT services. Twisted sense of humour computing solutions. <laughs> oh my god! Now, right, you uh, might go on. Sorry, carry on. Just, I've just got to get the uh, trophy eng- engravers ready. Do we have the name of the person that came up with this? Yeah, just make make it out to West Midlands trains. <laughs> just just okay, everyone okay. there. Right, so you might ask, who in their right mind would think that offering beleaguered workers a fake bonus just to test whether they'll click on a link was a good idea, right? But to be fair, the answer is absolutely no one. I mean, promising frontline workers a bonus only to tell them it was a test, which they have failed. (laughs) Do they get their pay docked for failing the test? Yeah, probably. Don't give them ideas, Benji, because I'm sure they would take you up on that. But do, doing that, I think, is the equivalent of giving a child a PlayStation box filled with coal on Christmas Day and telling them that Santa isn't real and the world is a cruel place, so stop crying and get used to it. I think West Midlands trains are worse, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a statement, they said that they take cybersecurity very seriously and the test had been deliberately designed to use the sort of language used by real cyber criminals. But Or just the sort of language used by... Companies that have been making a profit. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. It's like, yeah, do you know who else would use that language apart from cyber criminals? A decent company wishing to reward its employees during a difficult time. But also in the statement, it says um, the sort of language used by real cyber criminals, but without the damaging consequences. What well, say morale has probably taken a bit of damage. Morale may have well given out its sort code and account number, bought a fictional timeshare, and invested its life savings in a pyramid scheme. That is, mate, I don't know if a story on this podcast will ever come close to the very kind of story that we look out for on this podcast. I don't know if we should just give up after episode three. There is no moment that will ever top that. I don't know, I don't know how to finish this podcast, but you've... Well, that's given me the biggest laugh all week. I'd like to finish it just on this, right? The Transport Salaries Staff Association has called the move by West Midlands Trains crass and reprehensible and has called for the train company to honour their promise of a bonus to staff who have worked hard through the pandemic to keep the trains running. And I think that's where I'd like to end it. Come on, West Midlands Trains, acknowledge you've been a massive dick and give them the bonus. Now, we can't do that. But I think the least we can do is just nominate um, West Midlands Trains for the Bayford Award for Audacity. Absolutely. I think so. And in, and in all seriousness, we do obviously have a laugh on this podcast. But, you know, yeah, like you say, give your, give your employees a pay rise and don't be twats. Um, and if you, don't, if you don't want to, don't, don't trick them into thinking they have a, a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and then telling them that they failed. It's amazing. <laughs> but that's us for another week. So follow us on Twitter, I guess, is the big message at the moment, yeah. isn't it? We have been speaking about doing some other social media stuff, but we've got Twitter for now, at Ben and Benji. Um, yeah, and tell anybody about the podcast who you might think would find it mildly amusing. Fantastic. See you next week. Catch you in a bit.